Hi, this is Grant Lockridge. And Jared Tafta. On the Across the Counter podcast, where we create space for real people to have honest conversations. Today, we have Dave and Ashley Willis. And uh, Dave and Ashley, just tell me a little bit about your personal journey and kind of how you got started. I feel like my life really started when I met Grant Lockridge on a cruise. <laughs> and, that's, and Reagan, Reagan Lockridge. Reagan's yeah. the, the flagship one. I'm just yeah. kind of the tag along <laughs> for sure. My, my life's divided into BG, AG, before Grant, after Grant. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did. We, we were just on a cruise about, I don't know, what? What, less Six than a year ago. ago. Yeah. And, and uh, got sat at dinner next to this amazing couple and just started talking and they were kindred spirits. And yeah. that's how God works. You know, he's 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 always working, always connected. And it was so cool to connect with you guys. Seriously. Yes. And and, uh, and now, Jared, you too, man. I know. Yeah. I'll do a cruise now. That's right. Yeah, I get to tag in on on your cruise your cruise start. So now I get to come on a cruise next. Right? I love it. That's right. You get to actually experience it. Yeah. Now that yeah. yeah, that was really fun. We love doing that. As far as our story though, it goes back. Um, gosh, I mean, to college. Like my first day of college and Dave's first day of his junior year of college, we met in acting class of all classes. We're both communication majors and acting for some reason in our, in our college, it was, it was communication arts. So there was acting classes and we noticed each other, but we didn't really start, I don't know, getting to know each other till the second semester. And then very quickly um, started dating, fell hard. And then we were married the day, the weekend after Dave graduated college. So like literally he graduated one weekend, we got married the next, I was 20, he was 22 and um, he worked for the college. We lived on campus in this uh, house that my friends, my sorority sisters affectionately called the Love Shack because it was literally ready for the wrecking ball. But with the help of our parents, we fixed it up and did my, my friends there. called it the crack house. The, the crack, they, 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 they called it more the crack like house. a crack house. Than, <laughs> yeah. The Love Shack, the crack house, same thing. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Right. And like there literally was like animals, like we had to find holes because little critters were getting in it. But we were so in love and poor and didn't care and just lived our lives and loved it. And, um, and that's where we started in Kentucky, central Kentucky. And, uh, and, and then we just kind of spent the first part of our marriage doing youth ministry. Dave, uh, at first we were both volunteers and then Dave actually got hired on as a youth pastor and then eventually became a teaching pastor. I was a teacher, middle school teacher at the time too. And then we started our family. We have four boys, um, ranging in age from, uh, eight to 18. And, uh, kind of about 10 years ago, I guess it was Dave, like we, we had just made a big move and Dave is still at a, a pastor at this time, started the marriage page. You want to tell him a little bit about that and why you started it? Yeah. Like what we're doing now is, is, um, really, you know, helping, helping marriages. We just feel like that's a, a huge part of our calling that and raising, raising boys and helping, helping marriages. We got yeah. four boys, but the marriage stuff started just out of regular ministry, like a lot of folks in our church, a lot of friends were having marriage issues. And I just thought, man, you know, somebody should do something to help. And, and we felt like we should help, but we didn't feel equipped. We didn't know how to, to start. So I just started a random Facebook page and called it marriage. Cause I couldn't think of a more clever name. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just proud of you for getting you know? out there and doing it. <laughs> yeah. Just doing it. I mean, not, not much happened at first. I think my mom liked all the posts, um, but that was about it. And then, Little by little, though, it really started growing. It took off. It was back back when you know Facebook 
it was much easier for pages to grow. It was like kind the of wild west. Yeah, it was just you know? a different time back then. Yeah, and it took off. Um, and then from that, we started learning because people were writing us messages from all over the world about what they were going through in their marriage, and so we started learning about what people were really facing. And we started saying, well, what's the Bible say about that? Or what's, you know, what are solutions for that? Right. So, and it was anonymous at the time and our friends knew it was us, but our pictures weren't on this page. Our names weren't even tied to this page. And, and, you know, it was mostly David at the beginning, because at the time I had decided to, you know, I stayed home with each of our kids for a certain number of years. So I'm at home with the kids, but then, you know, the page got stolen on the very same day we did our very first marriage conference at our home church. Like literally it got stolen, which is just crazy. So like we do this, this, um, I mean, I thought it was a great marriage conference and we were just like, oh my gosh, we're doing what God called us to do. We come back to our car and I can't get on the page. And I'm like, cause I, you know, we're constantly checking messages to make sure we're meeting people right where they are. And then Dave, I'm like, Dave, did you change the password? Was there something funky? And he goes, what are you talking about? And I was like, I can't get on the marriage page. And sure enough, we find out that some person somewhere else in the world had stolen it and started putting posts on it that were clearly not from us. And um, there had been such a following to this page. And those who had been following a long time knew it was from us. And I think at that time too, you started started like putting at least your name to it, but no pictures. It wasn't like about, uh, it never has been about us, like personally. And um, they, you know, people came together and were like, give Dave and Ashley back the marriage page. And through a slew of amazing circumstances and uh, somebody connecting us with somebody at Facebook, we got the page back and put a lot of like, you know, things in place to protect the page. And then kind of out of there, we started doing more events. Like we started, we had to put our names to it. Facebook said, you have to put your face and your name to this to protect the integrity of the page. And so we did that and kind of little by little, we never set out to, to be doing marriage ministry. And, but like, it was kind of like whatever doors God would open, we would gladly walk through. I mean, we'd pray about it and we'd walk through and uh, we've been doing it about, I don't know, 10 or 11 years now. And about five years ago, maybe a little over five years ago, Marriage Today slash XO Marriage, at the time it was Marriage Today, reached out to us because they had been following us. And they said, we really like what you're doing. We would like to partner with you. Right, sweetie? Yeah. 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 And we've been with them for the last five years. It's been a great ride. Right. Doing events, doing podcasts, marriage marriage stuff all over. And um, yeah, we're just excited to see what God has next. But um, yeah, we do XO Marriage Conferences and Churches sometimes bring us in to speak. Um, we just now started a coaching network where we can, you know, bi-monthly meet with couples via Zoom. And also throughout the week, there's interaction. We do that alongside our friends um, and fellow EXO speakers, Irene and Jimmy Rollins and Shauna Lynette Reed and a few others who are going to join later on. But um, I don't know. It's it's weird. You know, a lot of people, when they, you know, kind of see us and, and maybe they're interested in doing something similar, they're like, what was your strategy? And it's like, I mean, I think we had some strategy, but really we never, we never sat down and said like, this is the plan for what we're going to do. Like we, we just knew we wanted to do something together. We wanted to serve the Lord. We wanted to help people. And, uh, and it just seemed that, that God opened doors for us to be able to help people with their marriages. And we don't see that as like us being spectacular in any way. We just see it as we're some, it's really a small world of people who are actually specifically trying to help married people. And we just see that there's such a great need. And really there's a need for more people to be doing this. And uh, we're just honored to be a small part of it. We really are. So, so hard question here. What, if you had to summarize kind of what you tell couples, 
what would some of that stuff be? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's really pretty simple stuff. Like we have a tendency to all, like overcomplicate things, but God made marriage relatively simple. You know, it's like, it's trust the Bible as, as the foundation, you know? So like, if that's going to be the playbook, whenever one of us has a disagreement, we go back to say, okay, well, the scripture speak to this and, and that's going to always be the foundation and, you know, stay committed to each other, no matter what, um, be nice to each other. And just yeah. really make each other a priority. I mean, it kind of comes down to those things, you know, and it, and usually if marriage gets out of whack, it's one of those things that's gotten out of whack. You know, we, we've stopped trusting the Bible. We've, we've trusted our feelings instead. We've stopped prioritizing each other. You know, we're we're going in different directions. We've stopped being nice to each other. You know, we're we're nice to our coworkers and strangers, but we're we're kind of cold and distant to each other. But if, if we'll get back to just doing those things consistently and, and then being honest, of course, we call our podcast The Naked Marriage because it's nakedness, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It's a picture of saying, I got nothing to hide from you. We're transparent, honest. And if couples will just be completely honest, open and accepting of each other, warts and all, um, yeah. then I think any any couple, no matter what they've been through, no matter what's happened up to now, but with God's help, they can, they can get to a great and healthy place in their marriage. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Just like, cause I, I'm definitely guilty of not going back to the Bible in my own marriage of just, cause it's kind of hard, right? Like if you're like having a disagreement or something and you're like, Hey, let's, let's pull out the Bible. And like, <laughs> it's like, Oh man, really? Like you're going to hit me with that. Right. Like <laughs> I want to fight. Yeah, it's like, what does scripture say? Well, it says, you know, love your wife and give yourself, up, uh, give yourself up for her. And it's like, yeah. that's easy. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, so right. difficult. It's to, a high calling. Yeah. 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 It is. I, I love what you guys said about not having strategy. I, I feel like I've heard more and more recently uh, where men and women have been faithful to the small things that God's given them. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few years of simple faithfulness lead to, well, now we're here and we didn't set out to be here. And that's the evidence of God having like him been the one that's done it instead of you guys having strategized the way to, you know, greatness in any, in any facet. It's like God is being glorified because of the fact that he's the one that's brought you this far. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And that, I mean, that, that's the truth. And it can be a little scary, you know, cause sometimes I think human nature is just control. Like we want control. We want to steer it. And we also think, is God going to really, you know, we question God. I think it's just a natural human tendency is to be like, you know, God, where are you taking us? Can we really trust you? And I will say time and time again, um, you know, God always shows himself faithful, but it does take us sometimes taking that leap of faith. And, and there's been a lot of times where we've had to take a leap of faith in this and, um, and, you know, there's also things where you learn, you know, it's, it's like, oh, that didn't work. Okay. Let's pivot. And, you know, Dave has this great phrase that I think he stole from somebody else. He always jokes and says like, you know, in, in the Christian community, it, it's not stealing, it's sharing. So you're, you just, you were allowed yes. this person to share it with you. Um, but I guess it was like in a book you read, it said, if there's ever just a small strategy would be um, in what you're doing, try bullets before cannonballs, meaning like, see if something works. And then if it does work, you start shooting more at it. Like, and so in our, our, what we do started out in social media. And so we did that a lot in social media. It was like, 
how do we reach people? Like, how can we most effectively reach people? Is it through, you know, these kind of posts? Is it through live videos? Is it through, you know, really just making sure that we're commenting more to answering their specific questions in the post, you know, and all those different things. And even at events, it's like, um, are meet and greets something that people are interested in where they can share their stories with us and we can pray with them? Or is it more this? Like, so the bullets before cannonballs is something that we, you know, and I think this is really something not only in like a ministry or business strategy, but just in life. I think sometimes you're, you've got to think, well, what, what really is working? Let's put more towards yeah. that. Well, and where that, that came from, I think it was from a Jim Collins book. He had this historical, um, you know, example where he said in the old days when, when ships would go to war, they only had so much gunpowder and they, if they would get into a fight, they couldn't just start firing cannonballs, hoping they hit, they had to fire little things first to get their, their target right. So they would fire mm. a bullet. Yeah. Um, and once the bullet hit and they knew they were on target, then they would pack their gunpowder there and start firing cannonballs in that same direction. But, mm. we, and it, it, you know, our gunpowder kind of represents our energy mm-hmm. and time. We only have so much of it. And if we're just like blasting in every direction, hoping for something to hit, then rarely are we going to hit. But if we'll start with the little things mm-hmm. and once little things start hitting, then focus in right there and start packing our gunpowder, our energy, our time, our prayer focused in that direction, right. then we're going to have the potential to have the biggest impact. And so we started seeing God opening more and more doors in this marriage space. And, and we started just kind of aiming everything in that direction. Yeah. And he's continued to, to show us, yeah. you know, and it, it's, and one of our favorite things about it is just being able to do it together. You know, we do speak mm. separately. Dave is, um, he is a pastor. Uh, now he's part-time because we are both full-time um, with XO. But uh, <clears throat> but we, you know, we do speak separately, but really we both, our favorite thing is to speak together and get to do this together. So yeah, it's a, it's a blast. I have a question with that bullet and cannonball analogy, because sometimes it can feel to me like, I know what you're talking about. It's like you're picking up breadcrumbs and then there's a certain area that it's like, okay, I'm going to go all in. Sometimes in, in yeah. the Christian walk, it can feel like, like all your eggs are in one basket. Have you guys noticed that before this? Like, it's like, you don't get the same like multi uh, or like diversity of business that a lot of people would recommend in like a Christian context. It's like, no, like this cannonball is hitting right here. Does that make sense? Like, have you guys yeah. felt pushed into that? Like, yeah, you tracking with me? We, we have felt that we've lived it. Like it's, yeah, we've tried. There's been times where we're like, we have other dreams, you know, in our life and we've put things towards it. And we've had God say, not right now, all your eggs need to be in this basket. I mean, literally, cause it is scary to have all your eggs in one basket. Right, sweetie? Right, right. Yeah, yeah it is. I mean, even, cause on one hand, even, Scripture talks about the wisdom of diversity, diversifying your portfolio, like in Proverbs, yeah. you know, six or seven different things. And I think for, yeah, and, and your, your retirement account, You're investing. certainly yeah, yeah. diversify. Um, but I think the, the more we've tried to be like really well-rounded of being like good at this and this and this and this, the more mm-hmm. we saw like we weren't really being effective in any of them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think God has kind of like helped us in this season, at least even though we we do, you know, do some other things, but really like saying, if you keep this, the main thing, you're going to have the biggest impact because, you know, the world, the world needs help in this area. And it's going to take your focus for you mm-hmm. to like be able to build the, the credibility in that one area. Um, and yeah, it's, it's meant like, 
letting go of some opportunities in some other areas and even letting go in this season of some places where we feel like we have some, some gifting and some desire to, to grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But right now, I mean, we feel like, okay, we're, it's, it's kind of in seasons. What can we realistically do? We can, we can rate, we can, we can be husband and wife. We can raise our kids. Um, and that takes a, a ton of, of, of our effort. And then there's not a, a whole lot of space to do a whole lot of things. And so with our, our work, marriage, our life, our ministry right now, we've got to kind of keep it focused when the, in a different season, maybe when the kids are older and we have kind of a little more time, then yeah, I could see us branching out and doing other, other things too. But right now I, I think, yeah. Because my nature is to want to do everything, and God's really yeah. had to kind of prune me a lot to say no. Right now, focus on this. You gotta, yeah. you gotta stay focused here. Mm-hmm. And my ADD kicks in, and, and I'm looking all around, and he's like, "No, stay, stay on this course." And I'm, start, I'm, I'm slowly learning that um, there's a lot of value in that. There is. Mm-hmm. I don't, do you the Enneagram? Do you know anything about the Enneagram? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're sevens. Okay, we're both okay. sevens, which are is the enthusiast. <laughs> One of the, not like, you know, none of the Enneagrams are like bad per se, but kind of one of the, if, if there was a weakness of a seven on the Enneagram, it's you're always looking to the next yeah. thing. And yeah. we both yeah. like throughout, throughout our whole marriage, even that's been a little bit our story. And I feel like God has really taught us a lot through that. And, um, and it's hard when you're both wired that way. I know. Cause we'll be like in I the mean, middle of a project and like, Hey, let's go. Let's go climb get Mount Kilimanjaro let's instead. Do this right like, and, it, and it sounds like a good idea to both of us because neither one of us has personality to say, Just like, say like what? No, yes. I was waiting for you to say that. Let's forget this high five. Like, let's dump this project. I'm serious. Like, it, there's been times, but. You know, we, I feel like it's been a learn. We, I feel like as we've aged and just had more life experience, it, we've learned to yeah. temper that a little bit. I mean, which is good. I'm glad we're willing to take some risk and things, which Dave is even more, I think you're even more of a seven than I am. Um, but it's, yeah, we've had to learn and, and also just really take the moment, take a moment to really pause and reflect and not just go on to the next thing, you know? And whenever we do that, you never regret that because it's like, okay, I know. I have this piece that this is the next step and I'm not just like abandoning ship and going on to the next thing that's exciting or whatever. So, yeah. Well, you're talking to a, a fellow seven over here. Oh, so. yay. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I totally, <laughs> totally, totally That's totally one of my crews, Grant. That's right. <laughs> in the Dominican, okay? <laughs> are you, what, what wing are you? Oh, gosh, we've talked about this. I, I think I'm definitely more wing six. I listen to true crime. Like I've had to temper my true crime. Like, you know how sixes, they're always thinking of a worst case scenario and playing it out. Every, every um, time someone rings the doorbell, oh, it's ridiculous. she thinks it's, I think an, it's a murderer. Yeah, every time. It's a murderer. Like, well, it could be the UPS guy I know. or one I'm of like, our children. They're coming or, to kill us. Right. <laughs> no, it's always like, get in, get in there. I'm like, no one answer it. We're not expecting anyone, you know. But, uh, <laughs> and I, what do you think? Wing eight or wing six for you? I think you're a 10. He he really doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a seven wing six myself. Okay. So, awesome. yeah. and then Reagan's an eight. So oh, she's, yeah. she's like super commandy, like a commander <laughs> sort of great. style. Yeah. And I'm more like, you know, enthusiastic, you know, all over the place, try to jump from one thing to the next and that, yes. that sort of thing. So totally get that yes. <laughs> on the, on the enthusiast train, I, I totally yeah. get that. What are you, Jared? We, we're talking about ours. What are you? 
Yeah, I'm a two one, and then my wife is a three four. Oh, awesome! I love that. Yeah, so like, I I I've said before, like I have an opinion about how to about whether or not things are right, but I want to help everybody else be right. And then, uh, and then my wife is a an achiever and an accomplisher, but in her own individual way, unique way. So she's that's great. Yeah, I, I love, love it. it. That's a good combo. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, the enneagram thing, like I've heard two two separate ends of the spectrum. Some people are like, yeah, it's a useful tool to like help you and help you know others better and then some people are like that's that's of the devil like yeah. don't be doing that like mm-hmm. and obviously you don't put all your faith in the enneagram but no, like, it is a nice that. conversation starter cuz it's like mm-hmm. you you're not going to be able to completely understand a person but you're going to be able to be like oh you're you're a 7 so like that's your your natural tendency is kind of lean yeah. there rather than I other places. Exactly. Yeah, it's just a tool. I think there's a hidden Enneagram number. It's like, you know, 8.6 or something that is just <laughs> for people who think everything is from the devil. Yeah. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, you know, I went to, oh my gosh. you know, I'm, I went out to eat last night, eating out as of the devil. You know, it's like, yeah. well, okay. You're right. an I've heard, <laughs> I've heard oh the yoga God. thing too. Oh, yeah, like, it's all from the devil. Yoga is worship, worshiping yeah. false gods. And all it was right. like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Maybe you're overthinking it, but yeah, but um, you know, we keep try to keep it simple, uh, in marriage and in life. Grant, I even used your uh, your tattoo in, in like a conversation the other day, like your scripture from is it first or second Peter? I don't remember, but it's the great it's second Peter one, five through seven. Yeah, great yes, passage yes. about it. Just here's where you start, here's where you end, and this is how you build. You start with faith, you end in love, and I love that passage. And I love, um, you know, if you were explaining how you've used it is just like a, a really great conversation starter and template for like, here it is. Let's simplify it. This is, this, this is the path, you know, we start with faith, we build, we build on it, build on it. And this is what that journey looks like. And it's a, it's not an easy process, but it is a simple one that God lays out for us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was explaining that to somebody the other day and I was like, and I, I met this cool guy that had yeah. this tattoo, <laughs> and, you know? And it, so yeah, you were, you're part of a inspiring good conversation. Right, inspiring good conversations. Right. Well, it's just so simple, like to understand, because a lot of the Bible, you know, you read through the Old Testament and you read a lot of the New Testament too, and you just don't really understand a whole whole bunch of it. Yeah. But that one just clicked mm-hmm. for me of just like, you know, it's sharing in the divine nature of of God, and also like it's mm-hmm. basically like showing you how to produce fruit, and if you are producing fruit those things are increasing in your Mm -hmm. life. So it's like, all right, well, where's my roadmap? Where's my compass? Like, am I increasing Mm -hmm. in these areas or am I going the opposite way? And it's like, if I am increasing, then I'm probably being fruitful in the knowledge of of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. which is what the verse says. So Mm -hmm. that's just, that's definitely my favorite of just being able to learn like that. Cause I, I say that I have like three or four, like three or four tools in my tool belt. And that's one of them. (laughs) It's like, that's, that's kind of my compass and my map to be able to go through things, you know, and there's a couple others that I just kind of rely on, but I'm Mm -hmm. learning all the time. And I love talking to people that are wiser than me 
in multiple different areas of just like what they use and what their tools are and stuff like that. Cause it's, it's helped me add like one or two tools to the tool belt. Mm-hmm. So that's been nice yeah. to hear from people that are wiser because I'm a seven and I just jump <laughs> off, jump off cliffs mm-hmm. when, yeah. I, when I want to, and I, you know, I go on one thing to the next and I'm like, ah, you know, what is, what is working in my life and how to, and if it doesn't work, like I fall hard, like I don't just fall. Like I, <laughs> I rush head first and it's like, oh yeah, that didn't work. Like I'll shoot cannonballs yeah. and stuff. Right. right. <laughs> not yeah. like little bullets. It's like, all right, I'm going all in on this. Oh, that did not work. Okay. <laughs> well, let's, let's try something else. So. Yeah. So like it, it, sometimes it works well, like the, you know, the, 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 Scripture tattoo is a template. It was a good idea. But, you know, the, the day before when you got the, the Pokemon tattoo on your lower back and you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. maybe yeah, I, I should have thought that through. Pikachu is not going to age well back there. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, oh, man. Wow. Yeah. But Grant, Grant will find out and he can just learn from experience now. Oh, sure. yeah. I'll be able to tell you if it's a good idea or not, not because like, I'm, I'm so wise and I just have so much wisdom. It's like, oh, yeah, I did this and it did not work out. <laughs> I don't know about for you, but for me personally, did it, did not work. <laughs> At the end of the day, though, you can say I've lived. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I've, I've definitely lived. That's a fact. But you know, that's what leads me to go on cruises with people. Which Reagan is like such a such a traveler. Like she has got travel bug in her right now. Of just like, hey, we should take six months off and go yes. travel. And it's like, hmm. well, you know, we can't really afford it, but I would enjoy jumping off that cliff. <laughs> yeah. Does yeah. it really matter what you can afford? Yeah, probably. I get the sentiment totally. Yeah, <laughs> probably does matter, but <laughs> could give it a shot. So, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, as far as just like your marriage ministry and stuff, what a, what are kind of the the pitfalls that you've you found and kind of the the lessons you've learned? Because I'm just curious in marriage ministry, but also in your own marriage of like stuff that you've kind of learned along the way, maybe to get me out of some things that I'm about to do or currently doing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, we've been married, um, 22 years in May. And, uh, so we learned a lot. I mean, we, we've learned an awful lot. We got married super young. So we basically grew up together and I'd say, um, you know, something that we don't always get to talk about, but we're getting ready to talk about a lot more because we wrote a book about this and felt very strongly that we needed to write a book about this comes out in the fall is we in in our early part of our marriage did not really understand the importance of boundaries, um, especially with, with those you love. Like, I think that like I grew up in a home, a a very loving home, parents who've been married a long time, but you know, the home you grow up in, you think that's normal most of the time, or you think that that's most people's experience. And, you know, being so young when I got married and I mean, I had lived on my own in in a college dorm, but I hadn't really been out in the world living on my own, you know, all this experience. And, um, and I remember, you know, I get, we get married and very quickly I realize, oh man, something's not right here because, um, without giving too many details, I, my, my family was just not ready for, for the reality of their daughter being married. And there were no boundaries in place. 
uh, and it sent us into a tailspin for really five years. I mean, and I, again, we, we tell out the exact story in our book. It's called Married Into the Family coming out in September, but we use other names because we tell other people's stories too and use other names because we don't want to hurt the people involved because God's really taken us through it. But I would say to people listening, no matter how long you've been married, the importance of boundaries with your parents and in-laws and also friends even, I think I just cannot emphasize that enough because I remember very quickly, we went to a counselor, a Christian counselor, and we we're like up in arms because I felt so like in between a rock and a hard place. I love my family dearly. And I felt like my two arms were being ripped off. It was like, and not because, I mean, Dave was just such a saint throughout that whole process, but I just, I, I had a codependent relationship with a family member that I didn't even know was there and trying to navigate that and be free from that. Cause that's not healthy. Uh, it's very hard to free yourself from that. And it's a process. And I just remember being in the counselor's office and him handing us the boundaries book by Townsend and cloud, which has been around forever and it's been updated and all that stuff. Highly recommend it. And also a book called emotionally destructive relationships, which is really hard to swallow when someone hands that to you, because when they're talking about your own family, um, you're like, what, what, what does this mean? And I remember in the, in the, Years that followed, I ended up, um, I had, I had functional anxiety for many years of my life and I didn't realize it because my whole family functioned that way. And once this stuff happened with my family, though, it sent me not only into worse anxiety and having full on panic attacks, but it sent me into a deep depression that lasted for years. And so the reason I talk about this, and I, you probably didn't think I was going to take it this, uh, <laughs> go, go. Hey, we we oh, love it. Sorry. That's, that's why we're here. Just to be real. I mean, I, a big key in that was just putting boundaries in place and sticking to them and realizing that boundaries are not unloving, but they are sometimes, and I, well, not even sometimes, I would say most of the time they're the most loving thing you can do and the healthiest thing you can do for the relationship that you're even trying to put boundaries in place with, because we have to have boundaries like all of us. And uh, I mean, there's even boundaries in marriage, you know, and how you treat each other and um, and different behaviors you allow. And like, like I said, it's not just with family members, but with friends and like the time they want in your life. You know, I I'd say if someone's wondering while I'm talking about this, like, well, what, what do you mean? How do we know if we need boundaries with like, if somebody you're like, Oh, you need to put boundaries in place. I would say if they are trying to take up your time, your space and controlling your life, um, and it's hurting your other relationships, especially when it comes to marriage and, you know, our story was it was like with some family members within my family just trying to keep me from really having a biblical marriage because mm-hmm. they wanted the role that my husband needed in my life so it's a it's a role they wanted in my life that wasn't rightfully theirs to take and to have and i had to put boundaries in place to to say no 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 this is you know the life god has given me and i want to have a biblical marriage and there's, there's a, a list of, you know, there's kind of a rank of priority that is laid out in the Bible that it's God first. Then if you're a married person and your spouse comes next and then your children and then everyone else, you know, and this isn't to say your family of origin is not important. They're extremely important, but honoring your parents as a child looks very different as honor uh, than honoring your parents as an adult. And I didn't really understand that. I, I think um, for generations in some of my, some parts of my family, it had been discombobbled. It had not been done in a biblical manner. And so it's really hard to change that and to forge a new path. But I will say with God's help, really good counseling for years. And um, I hate to say this, but moving seven hours away, we did not move for that reason, but it helped. 
um, it, it helped to, for us to establish like the leaving and the cleaving. You know, the Bible talks about leaving and cleaving. And we were really not able to do like like that was something that really my my family, without realizing it, I mean, just to give them the benefit of the doubt, they didn't even know what they were doing was wrong at the time. But they were they were trying to prevent that. Really sweet. Yeah, wouldn't you oh, say? for I mean, sure. Yeah. And it was it was, it was very was, tumultuous for years. Yeah. So in-law issues can be, we know from experience, uh, really, really complicated. And so I hope this book helps people. Um, but they can be beautiful too. They can be beautiful and too. And ours are yeah. great. I mean, like we've yeah, we've grown a long a way. Yeah. God is good. He's, you know, he's brought restoration there. Um, beyond that, like a quick list, I'd say, you know, don't look at porn. That was yeah. part of my story early on, like teenage years through early adulthood. And it, it really wrecked me and, and, um, and, you know, almost wrecked our marriage early on. And so yeah. like a lot of people are, are struggling with that. And we just, we have a lot of resources around that because it's toxic and our world tells you that it's not. And, and it is. And so you, you've got to, you got to get real about that and, and get healing about that. And and there's like secu- secular research and oh yeah. Christian research on this. Give you so yeah Bible verses and neuroscience and everything else. Um, but it's, it's just not good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, just communicating about everything, like just everything, like in realizing every decision impacts your spouse. Like, and we, and we're, we're pretty good about this. Sometimes like I'll have even still like blind spots. Like we, <laughs> we, uh, we've got this, uh, this event we're going to in, in Texas and, and my a friend of mine wanted to, him and his wife come and do this conference and hang out with us for the weekend. And they're like, Oh, could we go to this conference together? And I looked and I'm looking at the calendar, like, well, we're already going to be there. So I'm sure that's fine. And so without like telling Ashley first, I was like, yeah, we're already going to be there. That, that That's fine. We'll do it. And then I hadn't told her. And so it's like on the calendar and like some, well, no, somebody's we talking to her about it. We were getting about it. And, and actually, I was like, like, what is happening? What, what is this? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah I forgot to tell you. And it, it, I just felt like an idiot because. Well, I mean, and we love these people. It's not yeah. that, but I am an introvert. Like right. we have a whole episode about this. Like I'm like, whoa, Nelly, like slow yeah. it down. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. Just, just <laughs> talk to your spouse about yeah. everything. Don't make decisions for them. Um, <laughs> we're going to go. Yeah. It's, and I will, I will enjoy it. <laughs> I feel like you voted me into an engagement that I was not aware of. Yeah. I know. Was, and, uh, and he was so excited. Like, and, and Dave. It was, un, it was uncomfortable for a few minutes. I around it. Like, what, what is, what is this? Now what? And, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm never going to be there. What responsibilities do I have? Why would you, like, I know that's exactly why, what I was like, what is, what do I need to do here? You know? Yeah. Uh, it'll all be good. But you know, I mean, again, 22 years together and still, you know, you never arrive in marriage. There's constant monitoring, adjusting, learning, yeah. growing. So I'm and, sorry. I did that oh, no, no, no. It's and, and I don't know his heart behind it. A public apology helps. Rule number 75. <laughs> 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 no, and I'm also super, bad. super curious about um, I've heard a lot about boundaries recently of just, you know, everybody's read that book. I forget yeah. what it is, but the boundaries book, it's not yeah. the one that you said, but it's wait, I, who wrote that. It's like John well, Mark Comer, maybe, maybe it, not well, it's Townsend and cloud doctors, Townsend and yeah. cloud. Okay. I think he's talking about a different one. Or are you talking yeah. about the boundaries and goodbyes? That's Lisa Turkers. That's a new book that a lot of people are reading, which is supposed to be great. I have not read it yet myself, but what I've seen of it and I love her works. It's really good. So um, there is a big conversation about boundaries and I would not be surprised if John Mark Homer also wrote a book on it. He writes some awesome stuff too. I'm also, but the, 
thing, like, I'm basically curious about what is a specific boundary that you set in place? Because I hear boundaries and it's like, what does that really mean? Is it, you know, you cut them off from certain areas of your life or does it mean like, hey, we're only going to text the in-laws in a group chat or what is? Well, it's a great question. And it's, I think it's one of those things where you're having to kind of constantly visit what that looks like. And it can be as simple as just only allowing a certain amount of time for this person who wants to dominate your time. Mm -hmm. It can be not allowing toxic behavior. I know with the in-law situation, this person that Ash has been talking about, they would like, they would just speak terrible, mean things about About me, about my family. And like to me. Yeah. To her. And actually finally just had to say like, you, I can't, I'm not going to, I can't listen to you say these things. And she's like, you can tell me what to say. She's like, no, you say what you want, but I'm, I'm not going to listen to it. So yeah. if you're, if you're going to keep talking this way, then I'm going to have to end this conversation. Either, either and, in person or on the phone or text. And like, so there I'm were, like, I'm not there were a couple of times that actually very respectfully with, had to, had to like hang up to say, well, you're, you're, you're not, you're, you're over, you're, you're consistently overstepping this, this important boundary. And so I'm going to have to end this conversation. I'm so sorry. And, and let me just give one caveat to that. Whenever we talk about this, um, especially in light of marriage, I have people write and say, well, what if there is a concern? Like, what if my, my parents see that my spouse is maybe borderline abusive or is abusive or is doing something wrong? We're not talking about this. This yeah, is when, yeah. I mean, obviously this is just the spirit of criticism, trying to like put someone down, trying to step on them, trying to control them. This is not like, Hey, where'd you get that black eye? Obviously listen to the people in your life and get Get safe. safe. But that's not what this, this is at all. Like this is when their, their behavior starts to become abusive. Anybody's behavior in your life starts to become abusive. Boundary is just a simple way to protect yourself, protect your sanity, and, right. and protect the sacredness of your own marriage from right. any force, even if somebody thinks they have good intentions, but they're over, they're overstepping in a way that's causing harm. And I will say that once I started doing that, it really, you know, whenever you put a, a new boundary up with someone who's used to having more control in your life, uh, which at the time, like I said, just to give my family the benefit of the doubt, there was mental illness going on, you know, that we did undiagnosed mental illness from from them that none of us knew about at the time. So that, you know, that, that obviously played into it, but also they weren't, you know, they, this was all new to them. They didn't understand that this was unhealthy. And so when we start setting that boundary and I'm standing up and saying, no, you can't, you know, just be nitpicky about Dave and call names and stuff. I mean, it was kicking and screaming for a while. It was like, you're not one of us anymore. Like, why are you doing this? And that's very typical, very, very typical. But let me tell you, your family loves you. They will rise to the occasion. And eventually, I mean, I'm telling you now, I, I can't imagine them saying something bad about you. Like it's, it's just, it's been years since that's yeah, even, they yeah. know, even if they would think it, which, and Dave is an amazing husband. I mean, amazing. Like my parents and they know that, but like back in those days, I think, I think there was like almost a jealousy that, that you're my number one yeah. and that I also got to spend time with your family. Cause they would talk about your family too, um, in a, in a negative light. But it, and, and it was like this jealousy and trying to make sure that I held them higher or something I, I like looking back. Um, and and so I had to put a stop to that. And and it would sometimes mean us leaving. Like there'd be times we'd be over at the house for like a holiday and it would mean leaving. Speaking of holidays, one of our boundaries was you don't get to ter- determine the time and the place. And 
Like you don't get to rule every holiday. Like we, you do what you want to do, but we're going to also do what we need to do. And so maybe this year we're going to spend it over here at this time, or maybe, you know, like just saying like, we are adults and we have choices and we love you, but loving doesn't mean always doing what you ask us to do. And I think a lot of people who want more space and control, <clears throat> like that understand love. And we had to put boundaries in place to say, I am, because I love you, I'm giving you a, a boundary because if I didn't love you, I would just never, I would just cut it all off and never see you again. But it's because I love you that I'm putting these boundaries in place. Thanks for listening to the Across the Counter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us five stars wherever you got this podcast. Thanks, y'all.